Hello guys, uh, thank you for tuning in to, the, to another podcast episode. So today we're joined by Andrew. Andrew um, is going to help you in today's episode, help you spot and break your limiting beliefs so you can ex- essentially excel in your day-to-day life and elevate your energy in the process too. Um, Andrew, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, just be, just as we kind of head into, I suppose, a quick one uh, to start off with is, Andrew, could you just kind of give us a quick introduction, um, who Andrew Rowe is, um, what you do, how life in France is treating you, and all those things? <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, so my name is Andrew Rowe. I'm a limiting belief transformer uh, and energy healer. So basically what I do is I help people identify what are the limiting beliefs that are uh, well, limiting them and stopping them from expanding and being in their full potential. And then through that, through a kind of experience that we go through, which is a combination of talking therapy and energy healing, we start to shift and change the belief system. So that's essentially um, what I do. And the way I arrived to this was actually thanks to lockdown. And lockdown was, you know, a big deal for everyone. And I, w- I was working with refugees and asylum seekers as a teacher. And so I ended up slipping my disc, meditating. It's just a wild story. It was just really, really crazy. And so then I had all of this time and then I started to deepen my spiritual practices, doing more and more courses. And then, yeah, here I am like now with my own business and it's going really well, really successful. And um, yeah, it's great. And how's France? France is very snowy. Uh, It's nice. It's very cold. And we've been in this fog. My parents live in the mountains. So we've been in this fog for about a week now so i haven't seen the sun so it's a little bit like grim but <laughs> in a good way the, the way you just, the way uh, you've described france sounds like the uh, kind of picturesque perfect kind of christmas uh, like postcard it's, kind of uh, shot. it's definitely christmasy it's definitely christmasy we've got like about that that much snow uh but yeah a bit of sun would be good that's what i have to say yeah <laughs> yeah it doesn't come come in much in the uk either so it's like not like no, so i'm used um, to it okay yeah so um just on the on the kind of the like the background bit as well like you mentioned kind of refu- refugee and asylum asylum seeker um bit what was your work like what did your kind of work with them look like and kind of what were your okay. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So um, prior to setting up this business, I was an actor. And so as an actor, I needed to have another job that sustained me. Um, So I really enjoyed teaching. I was quite good at teaching. So I got into working in a college in West London where I was um, supporting uh, young people from the age of 16 to 65 or even beyond who were refugees and asylum seekers. I also worked with you know, kids that had a lot more learning difficulties, maybe behavioral issues and stuff as well as one-to-one as a a tutor. Um, But the thing that really stuck out for me was working with the refugees because their stories are just absolutely incredible. And what they've been and experienced is just amazing. And actually, in some ways, is a real great reminder of how our environment shouldn't dictate our future um, because they have all gone through the worst kind of things I could ever imagine, yet they are the happiest, you know, kind people, so giving, so loving, so caring. You know, one of my students bought me a jumper from Primark for my birthday and she has no money, yet she still bought me a present. And I just thought, you know, that's just such, such humanity, like what we would want humanity to be be like. And so I really, really, really enjoyed it. It was an amazing experience, um, but, I did feel that I had all of these other tools at my disposal that were not being utilized. And then, yeah, then COVID happened and here I am. <laughs> yeah, phenomenal. So with with the kind of, I don't know, I just kind of, with my thoughts on, on that and kind of the way, I, the, the way I see what you kind of picked up is, like, do you feel like a lot of it with the refugees is like for us, we kind of we can get stuck in our own head and think things are a lot worse and having that perspective on the outside potentially from someone that's had it a lot worse can see it's actually not too bad over here is that anything to do with it or am i just yeah no absolutely i think there's two ways of looking at it sometimes we don't want to devalue our own experience so of course people are going to be having like way worse experiences than us 
but sometimes if we get too much into that energy, we start to uh, say, oh, well, it doesn't really matter. What I'm going through doesn't matter. And I think it's finding a balance. It's like never go into the pity party, like, woe is me, my life is so hard, because that's not going to get you anywhere. You're not going to get any movement. But acknowledging that you're going through difficulty and that things are difficult for you will allow you to then move forwards. Sometimes for me, yes, of course, when I think of like one of my students who lost his whole family, they drowned in, in, in the sea crossing from Turkey and then he was an orphan and he didn't even know his family drowned. Um, that really does put things into perspective of like, oh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed about this client who da, 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 da. It's like, well, okay, come on. Like, it's not that big of a deal. So absolutely, it does help us put things into perspective. But I also think that we also have to honor where we are in our own journey because we all have our own individual experiences. So one person's experience is not more important or less important than the other person's. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of, and I think that's one of those things, like I suppose we can get stuck in, I don't know, I think for me as well, we can get stuck in either to beating ourselves up with stuff like, oh, I'm, I should be doing more, I could be doing more, or the other side where um, you, that you say you're just kind of throwing a pity party. So it's just, I suppose, just finding that kind of balance in a way and how can balance. we balance yeah how can we begin to do that then to find the balance within your life <laughs> oh that's a big question um i think the first thing i would always say is to not believe that you are the stories that you have experienced and what i mean by that is our whole life and i, I did do a post about this on on instagram our whole life is just made up of stories stories that we tell ourselves that we're not good enough, that we're not, you know, skinny enough, that we're not this, that we're not that, but they're all stories. They're not the ultimate truth. The issue is, is like any story, if you read a really good book, like I say, when you're a kid and you're reading Harry Potter, you get pulled into the story and the story becomes truth for you. And you start to really believe, oh my God, magic exists. I mean, like I'm so full of magic existing, so don't worry about that. But you know, you start to really believe all of the things that are being said to you. And it's the same thing with your life is you start to believe all of these stories that have been told to you. So you're not good enough or uh, you need to do better or I need to be perfect or whatever it is. So the first port of call is to be like, okay, this happened to me, but it didn't happen to me, it happened for me. And if it happened for me, that means there was a reason for that experience. And what was I trying to learn from that experience? And if we can start to disidentify ourselves from the victim energy, from the participant of the story and become more omniscient and more introspective in the sense of looking at the story and being like, huh, interesting. What was the, what was the hero of the story trying to learn in this, in this experience? And then when we start to really understand the learning and understand that it was just for us to get to our next level in our life we begin to be able to let go of the stuff that's keeping us held back and sometimes it's easier said than done of course because we have these experiences where they are very traumatic uh you know between the ages of zero and six we are just like sponges and we just take in everything so it really becomes the gospel like everything that we're told is the truth but it doesn't mean that you cannot change it. So that's what I would say first to start with is to take ownership of your life. Take ownership and know that every experience has happened for you and stop playing the victim. And I know this is a bit harsh for people who have been through sexual abuse, physical abuse, all this, you know, I've worked with that with my clients and I know, and I would never say it uh, on that state, on that state with my clients. But what I would say is don't become the victim all the time because you're not going to move forwards at some point you just have to be like okay this has happened to me it's not okay i did not enjoy that it was not in any way agreeable to my system but i am aware of that and i can let that go does that make sense yes so it's not the uh, yeah so it's almost like not kind of not not saying okay this is like i i made this happen it's my it's my wrongdoing kind of thing it's just saying okay this has happened but what's the lesson from it, it has nothing to do with 
how I behave to how um, what I did on that day is is that kind of or yeah so Wayne Dyer says like the only way you can get out of your suffering is to realize that you've caused all your suffering now that's like pretty next level especially if you've had sexual abuse and it's like well I was a four-year-old child how did I cause that suffering it's horrific right you just would never even fathom that but what Dr. Wendaya talks about is understanding that our experience in our human experience has already been predestined in some way when we're on a soul plane where we have decided to incarnate and have these experiences in order to grow it's shit it's horrible and it's not a nice way because we'd be like well no i would never have wanted that that's ridiculous but sometimes because we have such narrow perceptions of life that we don't are not able to actually see you know the whole tapestry of like why did i have to have that experience to bring me to where i am so for example with me when i was at university i had drug psychosis uh, with my spiritual awakening and it was very very scary and very very uh, it was horrible and for years and years and years and years i was beating myself up beating myself up until i was like huh, wait look where i am now i went through this huge spiritual journey and it's brought me to st- sitting now right with you and that's all thanks to that experience without that experience i don't know where i would be you know i don't know what i would be doing so sometimes those horrible experiences that we experience are actually the ones that have the biggest lessons and growth for us and i think that's what dr wendad talks about when he says just take ownership of every experience because you brought it into your life to learn something <laughs> yeah uh, like really really kind of impactful stuff i think like you say as well i think it's it's one of those that like, the more we kind of the more we kind of hear stories and stuff of people potentially like that have achieved a lot that quote-unquote achieved a lot a lot of them like a lot of them have gone through a lot of trauma traumatic stuff in the past um and i suppose that might be an element because they've kind of learned a lesson potentially and become stronger and more resilient in the process or yeah i agree completely with what you're saying here because um i have a friend i won't name his name but he's quite a famous actor and I always wondered, like, how, how did you become so successful? Like, things just fell in his lap, like, constantly. And, you know, he's a good-looking boy. He's a very good actor. So that's fair enough. But I, his past and what he experienced in his childhood, I had never, never knew. And then he told me about what he experienced. And I was like, oh, wow. And I'm not saying that you have to experience, like, horrific things in order to be successful. But as you said, when you go into the darkness, it reminds you of your light. So when you experience really difficult challenges, it gives you the opportunity to learn. Learning comes growth, growth comes change, right? And so I think what you're, what you're touching upon is people who are successful are people who have gained resilience, uh, ten- tenacity through those experiences in life that have taught them to get to where they are. Now, I mean, not all successful people are like that. Yeah, there's some successful people that are complete assholes, but the you know the the right type of successful people are like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I suppose it's one of those that it's quite easy to kind of like the kids of someone successful to to have all the money um, without doing anything to, to get them. I suppose as well. Exactly. Um, so just one that. Um, just came like something that you you mentioned um, and me not knowing much about it I don't know if um, like kind of the the drug psychosis bit that you you mentioned um, to me kind of looking on the outside I'm not gonna lie I have no idea kind of anything around that like is is that something that you are happy to touch on just to kind of yeah yeah of course yeah yeah it's part of my story but it's just a story so um yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I was at university, I dabbled in uh, lots of different drugs and I got uh, addicted to ketamine and used to do that a lot. Um, and then that ran out because India started changing their, it's boring, their importing taxes or whatever. And so a new thing came out, which was a chemical derivative called MXC. And so they came out onto the market and we started to take it but it was a different experience, a different feeling. And I remember I took it once and I was tripping really strongly, but with my eyes open, but then I started to see things. So 
I started to see like auras and I started seeing like colors, like some people had blue auras, some people had red auras. It was very like, I was, I was programmed um, quite religious growing up. So it was very like good and evil. There was no spectrum. And then it just kept on continuing. And so it, it, it developed into acute paranoia where I wouldn't leave my house if there was a red car parked outside, for example, I wouldn't cross the road, um, even if there was no cars, if there was a red light, there was all of these things like in my head, I was like, if I cross the road, I'm going into hell. It's just, it was, it became so uh, convoluted. Um, and then my dreams started to reflect that back at me. So then in my dreams, I had the, I had this thing, this constant nightmare that I was being taken from heaven and being put into hell and then forced to stay there. And then I would like wake up literally having panic attacks. Like I couldn't breathe. And it was just, it was really, really, really horrible. And it, yeah, it really started to affect me. Like crows started to follow me everywhere, which then made me lose my mind even more. Uh, and I couldn't look at people in people's eyes because I thought they could read my mind and I thought I was evil. So basically the, the, the outcome was you're evil, you're a bad person, you know, you and so really dark thoughts began to, to resurface when I was younger, I was a bit suicidal. And so these, these other thoughts that I had when I was younger started to resurface, but like super strongly and the voices in my head, I know it sounds crazy, but the voices in my head or the thoughts in my head were saying, you can't tell anyone because if you tell anyone, you're going to kill angels or whatever it was. It's just, it just became this crazy thing. So I dealt with it all on my own, which was in some ways really great. And in some ways probably terrible um but it brought me to where i am now because i was like okay but i don't think i'm evil i don't think this is my truth so let's go on this journey like where am i going to be taken to and so i went on yoga retreats and did reiki and bit by bit i then did the camino de santiago which is um a thousand kilometer walk from the edge of france to the edge of spain and so then i did that uh and met you know other pilgrims on there and and i just started realizing hey wait <laughs> I'm not evil. <laughs> you know, this is just created in my head. And, you know, when they say this, the, the religion, they always talk about heaven and hell and, you know, heaven and hell is already here. It's, it's in your mind. And I think that's what people are not understanding is the Bible is not talking about heaven and hell as in a separate experience. It's like, actually you create hell and I created hell in my mind and I could have stayed in that, but you can also create heaven, right? And that's by changing your belief systems, changing your mindset around how you are. So yeah, I went kind of 480 from evil to like actually a really good person in the work that I do um, now. So it was an intense, an intense journey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's the journey? That's like, that's incredibly motivational just to kind of hearing kind of from the like, almost as a whole, you kind of feel like you got yourself into at one point, like just i suppose like you say from the thoughts and kind of from your thoughts and your process that's that's wild um so it's really really like motivational like stories it's like complete like difference i, I can't can even imagine it like kind of um it's scary it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and it yeah like would you, with with that like would you would you say it's kind of like would you say it's kind of a bit more like a spiral in a way like is it kind of if we get into the habit of having some negative, maybe not to the same extent, but like if we have one negative thought, could that get then trans transpire into other areas? And kind of a hundred percent, yeah. Um, what happens? Well, what happened for me? I can't speak for everyone. Is when you start to identify to your negative thoughts and they become um, more and more true to you you start to have something called obsessive compulsive thinking where you have these super negative thoughts that just pop into your mind constantly because you're trying to fight them off. So like you'll have like, and this is, it, it's um, a known thing in the NHS, but like you might see someone uh, on the sub, you know, in, in the subway and you might want to push them. You're not going to do it, but you have that thought of pushing them or you have the thought of punching someone who's pregnant or whatever it is. And that becomes even more and more disconcerting because you're like, oh my God, I'm evil. Why would I have these thoughts? Is this horrible? And so you, you get yourself stuck into this like spiral that just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And so, yes, exactly. That's why it's so integral to start to 
notice those negative thoughts and start to reframe them because they're not true. Like this, this is the, the truth is that we are all, whatever your denomination, whatever your belief system is, that we are all love. And what I mean by that is when a baby is born, you do not think it's shit or unworthy or not good enough. You never do. You just look at the baby and you think, oh, it's pretty cute or, you know, could be cuter, but, you know, it's still innocent and beautiful and gorgeous, right? You're not going to be judging it. And so we all started off as that baby innocent and we are still that baby innocent within ourselves we've just latched on to all of this other gunk that's just come into our vicinity and so when we are able to really understand that we realize that actually if it's not love it's not god or it's not source or it's not joy or it's not whatever you want yeah whatever the word you use to represent the universal source energy so if it's anything that's not love then it's not real it's an illusion and so that's why those thoughts that you have, they're not real. They become very real, but they're not real. It is, it's, yeah, it's, it's one of those, like, how, how, do we, how do we start to do that? How do we start to differentiate, like, the, the, the kind of voice in our head that, and no, that's not the facts? Like, if... I suppose, like, how do we begin to differentiate and that kind of, is, do we have to accept that kind of the default voice in our head is, is there and it's something that we should kind of... I think in, in that sense, what I would say is this is where it comes to, like, breaking down your belief systems and understanding your belief systems because you will have a belief which is like, oh, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, right? And it's just going to be a program that you have and you're just used to it because you've been telling yourself that for like you know 15 years so it's hard to get out of it but when you become the inquisitive kind of inspector that start to look at the belief systems you're like okay i'm not good enough okay what am i gaining from this why am i keep on telling myself that i'm not good enough like what is the kickback because every belief system we have has a kickback otherwise we wouldn't have it as a belief system it just wouldn't exist because it has to serve us in some way so you start to look okay so i'm not good enough what do i get i get from that well it's a driver and motivator for me to become good enough it's the thing that keeps me you know uh, on my on my feet it's the thing that keeps me like active um, it also protects me from if I believe I'm good enough and then someone rejecting me. And then you start to look at where did I start to get this belief that I'm not good enough? Oh, well, you know, my father didn't really support me when I was younger, uh, didn't support what I wanted to do when I was younger. That made me feel like I was not good enough. Maybe that wasn't his intention, but that made me feel like I was not good enough. So then that's what the belief system was created. So then you would go and look at, well, what am I learning? What am I trying to learn through this experience? What was I trying to learn with my father? Well, maybe don't take things too personally. Like if someone is reflecting something at you, anger, shame, whatever it is, it's a reflection back at them. They're just asking. It's, there's this beautiful quote, which I can't remember from Course of Miracles, which is about basically anyone that harms you, it's a cry for help. They're wanting to be healed themselves right? But they just don't know how to, so they hurt you. So you see it with people who get into arguments. All they're doing is actually like, please help me. I don't know how to communicate, but I'm going to shout at you now. And so when you start to learn what the lessons are, already you're starting to shift the belief systems because you start to be more um, pragmatic and start to look at them rather than to take them as face value. And you start to unpick them. And like anything, if you have a ball of yarn and it's really tight. And if you start to unpick the ball of yarn, it starts to loosen up and then you realize it's just a piece of string. And so then the same thing with your belief systems. And when you release all of that, then it's a little bit more on an energy perspective. Um, and that's the work that I do is we do all of that work and then we release the energy and we shift it because it's stuck in the body and stuff like that. But on a more practical, basic scale, anyone can do the right, this is my belief system, what are my kickbacks, what are the lessons? And you, you can do journaling around that, you can start to look at it in that way. But it's about, again, being more inquisitive and start to like not take everything at face value. Sometimes it's hard, of course it is, because sometimes those belief systems are really deeply programmed in us. But if they were 
created, they can be uncreated. That's what we forget. Yeah, okay, I see. It's, yeah, so it's one of those, like, I think, like you say, I think a lot of us just never have the time to really think about belief systems and see what they are and, and no. kind of change them or like think about them and spot what, what they are. I think a lot of them, a lot of us just kind of go through our day just thinking we are kind of set as we are. We can't change things. That's it. And that's where that's like it. we kind of get stagnant as well, I suppose. But you know what? I've worked with, I'm working with a 65 year old woman. And she's done, you know, uh, she's on her like 15th session with me. I've worked with a 50 year old man. Um, I've worked with all different ages. We can all change. It's a total illusion that we can't change. It's something that we say to ourselves because we're not ready to do the work. We don't want to change. On some level, it serves us to stay in suffering. But Honestly, like when we stay in suffering, our life is just so heavy and slow and sticky and just unenjoyable. And this human experience that we've decided to incarnate in is supposed to be super enjoyable. Yeah. Like I said, heaven on earth, you get to choose, right? And why not just choose a really great life? Why not make that decision now, today? to say, you know what, I don't abide to these rules anymore. And sometimes it just takes more and more practice. Sometimes you do affirmations as well because your neuroplasticity and you allow your you know, new neural pathways to connect through repetition. So if you start to repeat, I am good enough, I'm good enough, I'm good enough, and you start to really believe that, then you just create a new groove in your brain that believes that you're good enough. Remember, your brain is a computer and you've just programmed it to say that you're not good enough, but you can just unprogram it as well. And I think that's, that's where people get a little bit stuck in like, well, it's not possible. It's too hard. It's hard work. And of course, some of us have some very deeply entrenched belief systems. I'm still going through some of my deeply entrenched belief systems because they come from that. It's like a, you know, uh, what was it in Shrek? You know, life is like an onion isn't it? Something like onion and wood, the layers and whatever, right? And so the same thing, it's true. It's like every belief system you have around self-worth will have a different layer. It goes deeper. Yeah. You're, if it was just like, okay, I've released that, I've released that, I've released that, like you're already hit enlightenment. What are you doing here? You know, you're here to learn, you're here to grow. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that answered your question, but I just... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah, absolutely. I, I suppose it's, it, it's one of those, like you say, as, uh, like the more each bit of each kind of limiting belief and each bit of bit would break. We feel potentially like more free and more happy, but there's still more work to be done. And it's kind of like that journey as well. It's not just. That's it. It's a never ending journey. That's exactly it. And to not be phased by that, to not be like, Oh, you know, I had a client, Oh God, you know, this belief has come up again. Like we've worked on this. We've worked on my father. I'm like, why are you getting annoyed? be excited. Like you've just, we just found another layer of a belief system around this. And the more you find them, the more you release it, the more you won't be a thing anymore. Don't get annoyed at your belief systems. It doesn't help you. It's like when you get annoyed at yourself for not being whatever you wanted to be, it's like, well, how's that going to serve you? It's just going to hurt you more. You have to just treat yourself like you would treat like a child. Be really kind with yourself all the time. I mean, I'm sitting on my high horse here, but like, obviously I don't do that all the time. I'm not, the, I'm not like the Messiah who is like totally, you know, and I don't know anyone who is, but it's not about being perfect. It's about the distance it takes to go back to love. And so if you're like constantly angry, that's okay. But it's how long does it take you to go back to your true state of love? rather than I need to be in love all the time. I need to be always perfect. And because then that's like, whoa, that's really unsettling because those other emotions are there to guide you to back to love. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. Perfect. So with, with like in a bit of a roundabout way, just coming back to the like stuff you, you um, talked about like a, a little bit on clients. So you, you've got like a, a white like you've got the like the 64 year old woman the 50 year old guy um and are they kind of all working on breaking their limiting beliefs and 
are they working towards a similar end goal? Does that make sense? Or what? I think we're all working towards the goal of loving ourselves more. I think that's, that is our main goal. Um, you know, my tagline is, re, you know, return to love, because that's my goal is to help people all return back to their true essence of love. And um, the type of people I work with, it depends, you know, like um, the people, the niche that I, I work with is usually spiritual entrepreneurs or conscious business owners um, who want to elevate their business to the next level, right? And so I do a nine-week program with them. But then I also have other people, like I have lawyers, I have political advisors, I have all types of people. You know, I had a broker uh, who came to me. So all different types of people who come because they just want to release just these programs that they've been just going on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And they're just, they're just tired of it. Dr. Wayne Dyer says another thing. He says, in order to heal, you have to be sick of being sick. And I think that's the biggest thing is like when you're just, over it when you're just like i'm done you know like i had a client who did my program um and this isn't testimonial on my website so i can share it but she was like really at her tether end which i was not aware of um but she said she had gone through coaches and coaches and coaches and she just didn't i was like her last resort and whatever and out of those nine weeks she was like i have so much more self-love for me i have so much more clarity for my business um, I've been able to release resentment towards my family. You know, she's just a completely different person. And that for me just brings me so much joy because it's not always about those monetary gains, right? It's not always about hitting the, the 40K month or whatever it is you're looking for. It's about loving yourself more deeply because when you do, then you will hit those bigger months. Everything's interlinked back to love. Um, so yeah, so I essentially work with, all ranges of people with all different things. It really just depends on what people come to see me for. Okay. Okay. I see. So with the kind of like, with the work and, and structure from like the program side of things, is that kind of just more, um, is there a particular framework or guideline on stuff you tackle or like mm-hmm. in a yes. way that's similar? Yeah. So my nine week program um, is, nine different pillars that we look at and i chose these specific pillars because it creates the biggest results so we look at self-esteem then visibility then trust then surrender then money then manifestation resentment forgiveness and success and so all of those belief systems when you tackle those belief systems big shifts happen because Self-esteem is integral for any business or any person, right? Visibility, especially if you're on social media or if you're, you know, whatever it may be. If you, and especially with spiritual entrepreneurs that I work with, they may have like the witch's wound, right? So if they're energy healers or whatever, it means that they're holding on to some kind of past life or um, wound around the burning of the witches, which was horrific, right? These w- women and men were burnt. And the, even if they had just like... um uh what are they called a mole above their breast they were burnt alive that was considered a witch so just ridiculous um then we have so visibility trust super important if you can't trust yourself how are you going to expand if you can't trust the universe or you can't trust something outside of yourself how are you going to expand how are you going to manifest manifesting is all about trusting something outside of yourself right Surrender is massive because you can put in the action steps, but then also it links with trust. You just have to let go. Sometimes you just have to just be like, right, now I'm just putting it out in the hands of the universe. Let's just trust what, what has to come up. But surrendering is probably one of the hardest things that you have to do as anyone on this planet. Um, then we look at uh, money. Now, money is a huge one for so many people because it's so entwined with collective consciousness, perceptions of what um, money is, you know, money is evil, money is bad, rich people are bad people, right? And if you grew up with a family where there's a lot of arguments around money, you'll have belief systems that money causes conflict. So you're never going to make money if you've had issues growing up with money. It's just not going to be possible because you've just created these belief systems that you reject it in some way or you make loads of it and then you get rid of it because you think it's disgusting right that that's also something that happens then manifestation i mean manifestation is very big at the moment 
manifestation is essentially we do it every day. Yeah, you're manifesting every day in your life. You manifest good things and bad things. So if you're constantly thinking about something negative and something bad happens to you, you manifested that. No one else brought that into your path. It wasn't accidental. Vice versa, if you're thinking of something positive, if you're having a really good day, more good things happen to you. It's just the law of attraction. It's all to do with vibration. And if you're vibrating at higher frequency, you attract higher frequency things. So then we do manifestation. Resentment is probably my favorite one um, it's because it's pretty dark, but it's really allowing to release the resentment that we're holding towards our family. Um, resentment is a very low frequency and it's very poisoning for our own, our own systems. So letting go of resentments allows us to raise our frequency more, have more expansion. Forgiveness is obviously integral to growth. You know, we look at Jesus Christ, Christ consciousness, whatever, this idea of who does he represent? For me, he represents, you know, the ascended master of, of forgiveness because he was crucified, yet he, he pardoned those who crucified him. And that's to show us as human beings, even those that harm us so much, we should be able to forgive them because we know that they are not coming from their soul or their truth. They're coming from a place of fear or ego. And finally, success. A lot of people have a lot of belief systems around success that are preventing them from really moving forwards. You know, some people are afraid of being successful and what that would mean. I'll lose my family. People will take advantage of me. People will want my money. I'll have to support my family and all of that. So yeah, so that's the nine week structure. So that's why I choose to do it that way because it just it gives it like a whole round perspective brilliant um yeah it, it sounds like like it sounds like from kind of the listener's point of view like listen well the list maybe from the listener's point of view but listening to this it's kind of like it's a lot to a lot to take in so would you like you say with the structures just kind of tackle them one at a time the ones that yeah okay if if you're just doing it on your own what i would suggest is focus on self-esteem okay self-esteem is the biggest one that will create the biggest shifts so like your self-worth how you view yourself uh whether you feel you're good enough and then the next one is perfectionism i think that's a big one for a lot of people um because that can be a real killer of creativity because we don't actually do anything because we're afraid it's not going to be good enough um so i would say those are the ones you should you should focus on um right. the most perfect so just on one one of the ones you mentioned um being kind of being the like visualization one i, th I think that was the right word but that visualization the law of attraction law of mm -hmm. attraction and uh, the vibrations bit so with with that one like um like what does it kind of the visualization what does that kind of in a way look like because i think i from my kind of understanding and the stuff i see on the, the stuff on instagram from the motivational quotes and the belief and the myths around it in my opinion from what from what i can pick up a lot of it is just just like kind of messaging around okay visualization doesn't work it's, it's hippie it's it's all of those things that are kind of dragging it back i think and a lot of these kind of false yeah. ideas behind it as well in a way i'd say anyone who says visualization doesn't work has never tried visualization because we're constantly imagination is an image of nations like you create your reality through imagination so if you believe something deeply enough that it's going to happen it will happen that's just how it's going to, that's just how it is. Whether it happens the way you've imagined it, that's different. Yeah. But the crux of it will happen some way, some shape or form. I really wanted to connect with this guy that I really, really, really admire on Instagram, uh, who just is an amazing, amazing uh, astrologer, amazing guy. And I just put in the intention, imagined that it would happen. And yeah, and I'm, I met him and we had a chat and then he interviewed me on his, uh, on his Instagram and it was amazing, right? And you, can, you create your reality. You create your reality. So anyone who says, oh, it's all hippy dippy shit is because they're afraid of it and they don't understand that we are constantly creating our reality. This is the thing is like, 
you, it, like this idea of the parking angel, right? People who go into the parking spot and they're like, please, 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 please let there be a parking spot. And then there's like that one parking spot, you know, you've manifested that parking spot. If you go into the parking place and say, there's never every parking spot, I'll never find a parking spot. You will be free, vibrating at a frequency that will prove to you that there will be no parking spot. And that's the same thing in your life. If you say, well, I'm never going to be a successful uh, actor. I'm never going to be a successful trainer. I'm never going to be successful this. You will not be successful because you're, the universe will reflect that back at you and say, oh, you'll never be successful. Here you go. You'll never be successful. You'll never be successful. That's why it's so important to have good self-worth and be like, of course, I'm going to be successful. This guy, my friend who's an, an actor, I said to him, do you ever doubt your looks or do you ever doubt you're not good enough? He's like, no, why would I do that? I don't, that's stupid. Why would I do that? And so exactly, yeah, thank you. That's exactly what you want to do. Like you want to not doubt yourself. And then when you don't doubt yourself, it's infectious. People love that energy. It's confident. It gets you things. It gets you through life. But if you're doubting yourself, you think, oh, I'm not good enough or, oh, you know, uh, I never get the jobs or oh, there's no jobs because of the economic climate. It's just COVID's taken all the jobs away. That will be reflected back at you and you'll be stuck in suffering. Yeah. Yes. And one, one key thing around that, that that I picked up on was if you, if you believe it kind of deeply enough and it, and the, what I pick, what I pick up and let, let me know if I'm, if I'm wrong, but like, if you believe it deeply enough, be it be it like a positive or negative you're then going to follow that up with the actions to or or you're going to spot it anyway so if it's like a yeah. parking spot you're going to spot it um if you think okay it's never going to happen you're still going to spot the, the things that you don't want to spot kind of thing but is that the kind of yes exactly so you also have something in your brain called the reticular activating system which is basically the way of sieving through everything that's going on in your life. So there's too much information when you have your eyes open to, to, to process everything. So the reticular activating system is able to break down the information so that you don't have to process it all. So if you then start to like think of, if I say, oh, you know, like uh, a golden retriever, like they, they, they bring good luck, you know, you should, you should see golden retrievers your reticular activating system will create this new shift in your, in your brain where you'll start to notice golden retrievers everywhere, right? So there's also this thing of like, if you change your belief system to success, you will notice success everywhere. If you change your belief system to failure, you will notice failure everywhere, yeah? So that's more for the listeners who are a little bit more scientific based, that that's how it works, but it's also on the perspective of law of attraction because of your vibration, and the vibrational scale. Notice people who vibrate a lower scale in the sense of who are stuck in gossiping, in negativity. Look at who's around them. They're all going to be people who gossip. They're all going to be people who, ne who are negative. It's just, we, you just, positive people don't want to hang out with that because it brings down their frequency. It brings down their energy. The people that they will say, they'll say it brings down their vibe. Vibe just means energy, right? They're just using a different word for it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it, 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 it's so clear as day now, like, now that you say like the kind of negative talk, negative talk uh, or negative energy, it can bring you down. Like, I suppose for, for listeners, it can be like previous work experiences and it was for me like previous works, previous jobs and that kind of negative energy and then having people to look up to or having people with higher energy your energy comes up or your energy comes down based on the people. It's, it's so kind of clear as there, I suppose. Like you. And you can feel it in your body. Yeah. You can sense it in your body. And I think that's what I would say to people listening is be more attuned to your bodies, like be more in your body through meditation, through fit fitness and physical activity and start to really listen to your body because your body's always speaking to you. So notice what it feels like to be around someone that's constantly gossiping, that's constantly speaking negatively. You will feel your body literally shrink and then feel what it feels like to be around someone who's inspirational, who has just a heart that's just like beaming with light. You will immediately 
you'll just see an expansion or feel an expansion inside yourself. And that's not making it up. That's literally the truth. And so to think, you know, visualization and all of that and law of attraction is, is nonsense. It's just, unfortunately, people who are coming from a place of fear um, because they don't understand it or it didn't work for them. And the reason it didn't work for them is because they're stuck in either expectation of how it should, the outcome it should turn out to and not being able to surrender. So if you are constantly holding on to something, you've not let it go in order to receive it back, right? Yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah, and it's, yeah, I, I can't, so with, with kind of, with that, I suppose it's kind of like, okay, just with, be aware, I suppose, from lis- lis- listening in, just be aware of the negative, negative, negative energy. So be it from the people around you, from the stuff you consume on social media, like the news, um, mm. and try and limit the energy, l- limit the negative energy. Yes. Feel more fulfilled, feel happier and more positive, have more positive energy coming in. That's it. And the thing is really, your energy is precious, but you get to decide what you do with that energy. So sometimes it may mean to take a really hard look at who's around you and start to cut people out of your life. Naturally, when you raise your frequency, those people fall out of your life anyway because they're no longer an energetic match. So that's fine. But sometimes you've got those connections that are a little bit deeper, a little bit tight, more tied in, and you have to make that decision. It's like, I can't be around this person anymore. Cut them out of my life, let them go. Um, so I would say that for the first thing. The, the second thing when it comes to you know your energy being precious and how you deal with your energy is to start to like notice the different ways it starts to shift also notice when when you're moving into a negative frequency and see why you're going down into into that path you know um again it's not about being perfect it's just about allowing yourself to just enjoy the energy that is within you you know so yeah but it's not about don't always think oh oh no i'm 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 being bad or or don't label it like i think that's the most important thing is like don't label yourself as bad or good or whatever it's just like oh i'm having i'm having a really unhelpful thought right now and then you know it's like okay let let, let that go yes so with the with the people you, you mentioned one thing i've i've got swept up in the past to trying to do is is carry people with me um, or change people with me, I suppose, or change people uh, in, their, in their behaviors and like, bring them up, like be it uh, a parent, be it uh, friends, um, like old friends. It, it doesn't work, does it? <laughs> you can bring a horse to water, you know, that's the thing. It's like it's, you're never going to be able to change someone. And sometimes we unfortunately have the belief system that we need to save the world. Like we're the saviors, like it's the savior complex, but no one needs saving because saving means that they can't help themselves, but you can be the lighthouse that guides them back to shore, but you don't have to be the one who sent, throws them the ring and pulls them back into the boat, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I suppose this is where kind of having like you being the best you can be when people are ready to change or when they decide if they do want to change, this is where they can use you to like climb up i suppose or like drink the water in the high yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> brilliant uh brilliant andrew so just a final uh question just to wrap up and don't want to kind of take over too much but um so one thing i like to finish off with with these is like through your through your journey kind of from the motivational journey from where you kind of started with it all and where you are now and the big big change like what's what do you feel like has been your biggest lesson throughout that kind of entire journey? What I'm hearing now is just to not take things at face value. I think that's the biggest lesson I've learned is to realize that everything that I was taught was lies. Everything that I was, that I learned about myself was untrue. Um, and and that's okay because that's our experience that's why we're here to learn and i think that's my biggest thing is that to not take things at face value if someone says something to you to not immediately take it personally and think that it somehow is a reflection of who you are 
maybe take some truth out of it because there is always some truth in it. So if someone says you're selfish, maybe be like, okay, so where am I a bit selfish in life? But also realize that that's a reflection more of what that's going on in around that person because to call someone selfish, they're obviously struggling or suffering in some way. I think that was the, that's the biggest lesson is to not, not judge and not take things at face value and don't take things personally. Incredible. Um, yeah. So with, with everything we've covered um, in this, in the chat, is there anything else you want to add to anything, any other points, anything uh, like that? No, no, absolutely not. Uh, it was great chat. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. Really enjoyable. Um, and if anyone wants to follow me on Instagram, you can yes. follow me on Instagram uh, on Andrew Rowe 111. I have lots of uh, inform informative content uh, and some funny videos uh, as well. Uh, and if you want to check out my website and look a bit at what I do, it's www.andrew-rowe.co.uk and you can get a little bit more information that way. What an incredible conversation we've had today with Andrew Rowe. It was extremely surprising, to be honest. Coming into this, I didn't have huge expectation when it came to law of attraction, raising your vibe, raising your energy. But what we got or what I got from this conversation certainly was so, so much more than I ever expected. The openness, the vulnerability from Andrew to share his story, where he's come from and what he's achieved and how he's now helping others do the same was incredible. And I'm really, really grateful for you tuning in and listening to this conversation as well, guys. Um, final thing, as Andrew mentioned, if you do want to check out his Instagram and his website and all of the amazing things Andrew is now doing and is going to be putting out into the world in 2022, find the link to his instagram in the show notes down below and if you are someone that's found this conversation just as impactful as i did or maybe a little bit more give it a share help myself and andrew get this conversation heard and in front of more people to help hopefully help them out as well all the best <laughs>